0: Hello and welcome to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Don Hibbert.
1: And I'm Devin Voda.
0: And each week we bring you conservation topics and events from around the Endless Mountains. Well, it's our last week. We've been talking about ticks. Um, We cover a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. Uh, The life cycle, common ticks of PA, uh, some illnesses Mm -hmm. associated with ticks. Today we're talking about how to prevent ticks, uh, which is the most important part, I think. Mm -hmm. If you can avoid ticks altogether, you don't have to worry about those illnesses associated. So um, that's what we're going to cover today. We're going to talk about some chemicals. We're going to talk about some uh, natural ways to deter ticks from even coming in your yard around you, Um, just stuff that you can do to prevent ticks Mm -hmm. in general. Hey, are around? Definitely here. Mm-hmm. Um, just want to avoid them as much as we can. So I think we're going to start with chemicals, right? Yep. Okay.
1: So before we get into any of the chemicals, I just want to make a quick announcement with it that any chemical you're using, make sure you're reading the instructions and following all the instructions on that specific product before even messing with it.
0: Yeah, it's good to know.
1: Yep, because each product is very different. So... Right. So first one I'm going to start with, probably one of the more well-known chemicals used for tick repellent is DEET. So DEET is used to repel ticks and mosquitoes. I actually found a lot of these chemicals repel mosquitoes as well, so that's good to know. Uh, Products containing DEET are currently available to the public in a variety of forms, such as lotions, liquids, and sprays. Uh, Any formulations um, of DEET can usually be applied directly to the skin, as long as it's between like 5 and 99% DEET, so... That's a big range there. D is designed for direct application on the skin to repel the insects. It doesn't kill them, but it actually works by making it hard for the bugs to even smell us, which is kind of cool. Yeah. If they can't smell us, they can't come find us and bite us. There you go. The next chemical I have is icardin or picardin. Uh, These repellents are available in concentrations from 5% to 20%. They are effective against mosquitoes, biting flies, and ticks. Uh, this chemical is more aesthetically pleasant, I found, than DEET typically, because it is odorless. So that's pretty that's good. That's a big one, yeah. Yeah.
0: There's a lot of chemicals, so just,
1: I don't know. That's it's a big put-off. Yeah, yeah.
0: You can put them on, and then you smell really strong.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, a common uh, picaridin repellent is the Cutter Advanced, I found. This can also be found in lotion sprays, and stick formulations as well. And the last one I have to cover, the common name for it, is IR3535. Uh, Not only does it discourage the insects from biting us, but it's also good for your four-legged friends as well, so you can put it on your pets, keep them safe from ticks. Okay. And this also comes in a variety of forms, sprays, oils, sticks, or even wipes. Um, This seems to be one of the more long-lasting ones that I found. It can be up to 8 hours, even 11 hours, depending on the form I found of protection. It it protects against, once again, mosquitoes, ticks, head lice even, so that's good to note. Um, One thing that I liked about this one too, besides it being another odorless chemical, was it's also non-toxic to aquatic organisms. So if if you were going swimming and you kind of had this on, it's not going to affect the fish or the algae.
0: Okay, yeah, that's important. Mm-hmm. All right, um, so I have one, it's considered a chemical, mm-hmm. but as I'll, I'll get into it, um, it's derived, or uh, it's natural version, comes from a plant. So okay. we're talking about permethrin, mm-hmm. uh, which is a pretty common one. Yep. Because uh, we were talking before the show, uh, you had clothes from your last job that have permethrin mm-hmm. I guess it was sprayed on, or yeah, some was form it? of a
1: treatment that they okay. put on it. A- yeah,
0: some form of treatment that was applied to clothes. You can buy them that way, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, permethrin is widely used as an insecticide. Pyrethroids are they're s- synthetic chemicals that act like natural extracts from the chrysanthemum flower. Okay. Um, so pyrethrins are pesticides. They're found naturally, like I said, in the in the flowers. And it's a mix of six chemicals that are actually toxic to insects. Um, More than just ticks as well. Mm -hmm. So there's, um, uh, I think they said mosquitoes, fleas, uh, flies maybe, even ants. Um, So it covers a lot. Um, What they actually do is they excite the nervous system in the insect. uh, And that leads to paralysis and ultimately death because they can't move. Okay um it's not toxic to birds but it's highly toxic to fish and to honeybees okay doesn't seem to be terrible for humans you should really research this out so um i think as the cdc you know goes into the whole issue about toxicity mm-hmm. um, to humans whether it's causes cancer or whatever failure organs that type of thing covers it really well um, from what i've read it seems to be very small likelihood okay. of toxicity. But be sure to re- research on your own. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like you said about the other chemicals, do the research, mm-hmm. uh, find out redirections, that type of thing. Um, CDC does recommend using the product with 0.5% permethrin on items like clothing, boots, and camping gear. Okay. So just note that. But there's other natural chemicals, and I wanted to mention those as well. If you go to natural food stores around here, those natural stores that are dedicated to, you know, that type of um, thought and living, mm-hmm. um, they promote things such as lemongrass or eucalyptus, uh, cedar, citronella, geranium, peppermint, and neem oil. Um, okay. Those are all things that you can either order online or the, the natural stores on those shelves. Um, make sure you go to national pesticide information center website okay this is a a website that i found Um, it covers all kinds of chemicals your your natural ones as well and gets into the the nitty-gritty details of you know how to apply it um, precautions to take um, even around pets that type of thing so make sure you go to that website it's national pesticide information center website it's a really good one Mm -hmm. i never heard of it before started researching these chemicals mm-hmm. um it's it's very easy to read good okay you know other other websites tend to get into uh, i don't know too much information or mm-hmm. information overload but this keeps it pretty simple so good. Okay. we also want to cover other forms of prevention mm-hmm. so that would mean even landscaping and this is important we have three invasive species around here that actually encourage ticks Um, So if you can get rid of those, um, you're way ahead of the game. Okay. Are you familiar with any of them?
1: Not off the top of my head, no.
0: Okay, so the first one I'm going to cover is Japanese barberry. Okay. Uh, Well known around here. It actually is considered noxious weed now. So October 2021, they put it on the Pennsylvania noxious weed list. So that means that you can't uh, distribute it. Uh, sell it, cultivate it, propagate it in Pennsylvania. It's illegal. So um, if you have it in your backyard, get rid of it. Um, not only for that reason, but here's the other reason. So they found in several studies that the understory of this shrub, um, if you're familiar with it, it's it's low-growing, mm-hmm. um, dense, thick, but there's higher humidity under there, which is perfect for ticks. Um, because we talked especially about the black legged tick mm-hmm. and how it doesn't like dry conditions right. um, it gets desiccated it dries out dies um, so a plant like this is perfect it has berries so that means the white-footed mouse is coming in or, or mice in general are coming in feeding on the berries um, maybe they have the tick so it takes on its next life stage there in the undergrowth where the high humidity is and then uh Deer walk by, and the tick continues on its life cycle. Um, So get rid of your Japanese barberry. Uh, If you're unfamiliar with what they look like, do a quick Google search. Mm -hmm. They got a green crimson look to them. The leaves do. Red berries. um, The berries will hang on through the winter. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're also very prickly. Yes. They have a thorn, um, and it hurts. Mm Mm-hmm. Another one is the honeysuckle. So it goes by many names bush honeysuckle, amure honeysuckle. Um, it's one of the first shrubs that comes out in the spring. Mm-hmm. Like, I think this past winter, I have a picture of new leaves forming, I think it's the end of January, wow. or the beginning of February. That's how early they come out. As soon as you get warm weather, these things bust out. Um, and they're very invasive. They hang out in the understory of um, early succession forests. And uh, shrubby, the deer love them for cover. They'll hang out underneath them, lay down, bed overnight. But that means as the deer are moving through, you know, the ticks in the adult life stage um, are present. Uh, and, Of course, they can, you know, form future mm-hmm. generations there too, lay their eggs and whatnot. And so that's why this one isn't great either. So taking over the forest, promoting you know deer hanging out in there and then of course the the tick is able to hang out and do its thing as well so get rid of those the last one is multiflora rose everybody knows this one yep um you know there's the story about how a couple agencies maybe promoted it at one time as living fences um, but it's all over the place Mm -hmm. so there's a journal that came out with a study parasites and vectors that um i think that's the name of the study or something like that so it promotes this particular plant promotes ticks and forest fragment dominated by multiflora rose bushes um so they actually mentioned that the berries are preferred by white-footed mouse and we learned that the white-footed mouse is the primary reservoir for lyme's Mm -hmm. disease so um get rid of the multiflora rose and you get rid of that white-footed mouse yeah so all three of these plants Mm -hmm. uh, like I said they're invasive so one get rid of them for that and two you know the chances of Lyme's disease and ticks all Mm -hmm. that comes into play when these plants are around so um, just a couple more to cover as far as natural forms of prevention so check yourselves and your loved ones yep it's a big one there's a country song about this I think Take a shower within two hours of coming indoors. You mentioned this one before. Mm-hmm. I don't think I really heard that, but it makes sense. CDC actually uh, mentions it as well. It's a good way to prevent, you know, those diseases and mm-hmm. even just tick bites in general. Uh, tucking your pants into your socks, wearing long socks, wearing long sleeves. Another one. Check your pets and treat them as recommended. Mm-hmm. It's a big one if you have pets coming. From the outdoors, indoors, um, they're going to be carrying a lot of things with them. Mm-hmm. One being ticks. So, um, And then uh, a basic one, but a good one, is uh, getting chickens or guineas. Yep. Um, we both have chickens. Yours okay. are uh, running around all over the place. Right? Yep. Mine are inside a fence, but so they don't do quite as much. But, um, yeah, you said you don't really have a problem with ticks no. at all. So no. it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that gives us a good idea of where to start and how to prevent ticks from interrupting our lives. Absolutely. So I've learned a lot. i definitely learned a lot in this series. I hope you did too.
1: Um,
0: We do have a couple of events that we want to mention. Yep.
1: Uh, What I have for you is this Friday, August 11th at 7 p.m. down at Lackawanna State Park. They are holding a World of Timber Rattlesnake event. So... Uh, Dr. Chris Howey from the University of Scranton will be there to talk about the history, ecology, and conservation of America's rattlesnake, the timber rattlesnake. It is a free event, so um, go on down and learn about your rattlesnakes. Yeah, that's
0: cool. I have an event. uh, It's going on at Salt Springs State Park this Friday, 8-11, and it's at 6.30 p.m. And they are going to be talking about lawn conversion and pollinator gardens. Okay. Um, So, it's part of their discussion series that they're having on Friday nights every month uh, this year, I believe. So, they mention or they ask the question, who likes to mow their lawn? I'll answer that question by saying, not me. Nope. (laughs) Um, So, many fight with nature to have the greenest weed-free lawn. uh, And they wonder, is this really the best option? So, they're going to talk about the benefits of lawn conversion and how to create a pollinator garden. So, awesome. If you're interested in talking about that a little bit more and maybe learning more about it, again, that's this Friday, 8 11 at 6:30 p.m. at Salt Springs. So, they mentioned that there is a free will donation.
1: Okay. So. Well, I guess that does it for today's show then. If you have questions related to our shows, you can contact the Conservation District by calling 570-782-2105. If you missed a portion of today's show, you can go to our website, www.suscondistrict.org, and find our Conservation Corner page with past episodes and links to information about past episodes. You've been listening to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Devin Voda.
0: And I'm Don Hibbert saying enjoy the outdoors.